0: The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner.
1: Welcome in episode 213 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside not Craig Morgan. And Jamie Eisner. The Natty Hattie. What's going on? I'm Luke Lipinski. Jamie? Like a, nothing like a good pregnant
0: pause to begin the show.
1: Craig Morgan is now the pregnant pause of this show. He is. That's what happens when you take your 16th vacation of the summer.
0: That's true. And I, I guess he actually somehow managed to get on a flight today without too much trouble.
1: No, and he wasn't salty about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was very calm and collected uh, and in a good mood all the way around. Um, how are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Luke? I'm Outstanding. We have three weeks till rookie camp begins.
0: It's crazy. It Four really is. Training camp, That's, it's the August September. Everything's happening. We Football's going on. Hockey's about to start.
1: Buffalo, the Sabers are uh, doing the uniforms weird are things. nice. They they really are. We'll get into that. Uh, always rate and review, please. Follow the show at the Natty Hattie. I full disclosure forgot the Ducks and the Penguins today. Not the teams, in case you're new to the show, I forgot I mean, we we could forget those two teams this year, but... I'll I'll be trying to forget one of them for most of this year, yes. And uh, just to get this out at the top of the show, this podcast is not going anywhere. Yeah, so so don't worry. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Let's actually... I I don't know if this is just irony or not, to talk about how we have staying power and then to transition into the Buffalo Sabres. But I do want to talk about those jerseys.
0: They're really good. If you haven't seen them, they were released today on August 16th and... They're really nice. This is the best thing the Sabres have done in ever? a long time. Well, maybe ever. Maybe a ever. a long time. Yeah. At least since
1: the 70s, I would say. <laughs> well, no, I guess they got to a Stanley Cup that they almost should have won
0: yeah, 20 probably. years ago. So. But these are so good. I love them. I mean, they're only going to win 30 games this year in them, but they look so good.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to be bad, at least look good being bad.
0: I, I guess. Is that a saying? They usually say look good, play good, but only one of those is going to be case, true for yeah. Buffalo.
1: Well, at least they got one.
0: But you know, do you think that these New Jerseys are good enough that Rasmus line is no longer sad?
1: No. Um, I saw that you sent me that story. Craig, by the way, didn't do the notes or even bring us coffee. No, he didn't do anything. He's he, on
0: like a plane to like, Jamaica or something. I don't know where
1: he is. He didn't even bring us himself. Yeah. And without Craig, we have no coffee or donuts or anything. Yeah. We,
0: we, we we can barely fend for ourselves. We barely got into the studio. There's a lot of scratch marks on the doors.
1: I'm guessing neither one of us has eaten today. No. Probably won't for the rest of the day either. We we really can't go too long without parental supervision. No. And uh he left. He went on a vacation. So it's uh it's really on him if anything happens. Um Luckily nothing ever happens on a Craig vacation. No, no, not at all. So wrist align and being sad sort of brought out all those articles of uh I think Ryan Lambert wrote one for Yahoo. Did you see that one? Uh, I try not to. Okay. Well, he he just <laughs> revisited the fact that um, that when Peter Chiarelli was in charge mm. in Edmonton, he and I forgot about this, but I'm, it was a pleasant reminder. When attempting to deal Taylor Hall for a b- bottom of the barrel second pairing defenseman, offered Buffalo Taylor Hall for Rasmus Ristolainen, and Buffalo said no. Now we're good.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, bad gming is bad gming, and and it, it's why these teams just sink in the standings and just stay there for what feels like forever. I, I, I never, even going back to the time, this is not a 50, this is not a twenty twenty hindsight. Like I never understood what the Taylor Hall hate was. I never got it. It never made sense to me. It was illogical, and. Luckily, Jersey said, you know what? We're not going to be stupid. By all means, take our second pairing defenseman for a a true first line left wing.
1: For a Hart Trophy winner. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing the way that went was, I'm guessing, but there's some educated guessing here. Edmonton was awful, as they basically still are, although I don't think they will be this year. But Edmonton was awful, and so they decided to blame Taylor Hall, who was one of their many number one picks. And at that point, they decided we have to get defense, which was true. And Taylor Hall is uh, useless, which is not true. And so they called up Buffalo, apparently. And Buffalo's like, no, we're really on the path to success. Remember, this was a few years ago. How good has Buffalo been the last few years? And then Peter Chiarelli's second number in his phone, apparently, was Ray Shiro, who immediately said, "Um, yeah, we'll give you Adam Larson for your future MVP. That's. I'm guessing he didn't call a third team, because whoever the third team was, I don't know what that team's equivalent to Rasmus Ristelainen or Adam Larson was,
0: but they would have traded him for Taylor Hall. Yes. It's just... Uh, I mean, this is one of the like major reasons why I just have been so low on Buffalo over the last few years. It just. It, it's not just... Obviously, the Taylor Hall not trading for him was a dumb decision, but you talk about the progression of a guy like Rasmus Ristelainen, we haven't... Seen a lot of progression, and, and I know Edmonton has taken the brunt as they should have for their guys that they took at the very top of the draft not being the players they thought they were going to be. Not even e- Neil Yakupov. E- even though some of them are untrue, some of them are true, like Neil Yakupov. What has Buffalo done with everybody besides Jack Eichel? What have they done at the top of the draft, and where of the? And I don't just mean like with number one or number two picks. I mean even when they're picking in seven, eight, ten. What have they done with all of these high picks in their non-playoff years? And we have not seen a ton of progression. I mean, I remember a few years ago we were talking about like Zemgis Gergensens as a guy that's going to be a player of the future for them. And, and Mikhail Grigorenko. And I mean, none of these guys... If Alex they're even Nylander. Still, yeah, none of these guys, even if they're still in the league, have panned out.
1: No, Buff- it's a great point. Buffalo gets such a pass. And, and, and I think it's just because of Edmonton because everybody looks like, oh, Edmonton got the first pick again and blah, blah, blah. And obviously it took it to another level when Edmonton got Connor McDavid because it's like... This it's like the family member that just wants to constantly borrow money from you, and they then they just like blow it all in roulette or something, and then they got bailed out one time, and and that was Edmonton finally after all that getting McDavid. Here's Buffalo, who has routinely picked near the top of the draft. Okay, this is these are their. I don't know how far back do you want to go? Here, let's go back to 2009. Let's basically okay. do a decade. Okay, this is their first pick each year. Go for it. 2009, 13th overall, Zach Cassian. Nope. <laughs> also ended up in Edmonton, <laughs> 2010, uh, 23rd overall. Mike Mark Pesic. Yeah. I mean, again, not that's clear, fine. 23rd, but, like, whatever. you yeah. are picking
0: out the top 20. I'm not gonna.
1: 2011, 16th overall. Joel Armia, not there. No. Uh, 2012, 12th overall. Mikhail Gregorenko. That yeah, where's he playing the KHL now? Yeah. 2013, 8th overall. Risto who once out and has hasn't never been really anything
0: rolled. more than a s- middling second pair defenseman at his entire tenure.
1: 2014, number two overall, Sam Reinhardt. Yikes! Yeah,
0: I mean, I, honestly, let's be honest. The Reinharts as, as a family have been incredibly disappointing. I didn't watch Game of
1: Thrones. I'm assuming you didn't either. No, did you? But if the Reinhardt family was a family in Game of Thrones, they would not have made it past season really? one.
0: Sam, Max, Griffin. Am I missing a Reinhardt? It I don't hasn't know. been
1: great. But it, they would not have made it past season one. They could have had dragons. Although,
0: like, look, he's he's shown some promise. Well, I mean, what, what, what did Sam Reinhardt... He was, he was a, little a little bit better right? last like year. He's, I mean, he's fine. I, yeah, like I said, I think I'm being a little unfair, as, as I think about it, to Sam Reinhardt. But not you know, not where you drafted him. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, actually, you know what? Let's talk about him a little bit, because I didn't realize this. How many points do you think he had last year? Because I think we, we... This is one of those ones where we need to talk about this, because in my mind of what I thought about Sam Reinhardt is now different than what I'm looking at on the screen.
1: Um, I thought he actually had a pretty good patch last year
0: hit 65 points last okay. year. So now he's had he's two years of 50-plus points. He had 25 goals two years ago, 22 last year. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to hate on that pick anymore. Taken ahead I, of Leon Dreisidel. Well, obviously, I love Leon Dreisidel back to his draft day. I mean, he was the guy talked about the ad nauseum. But yeah. they've gotten some value out of him. Those are legitimate, decent numbers. That looks like a really good second-line center right now. So you know it, what? I, not, I, take back, I take back what I said about that one. They've at least hit enough. That's fine, but not with the number two overall pick. No, but they're at least getting some value there. Like, this is the Nugent Hopkins argument that I'm going to make, and I think I should make the same one for Sam Reinhart. Like, no, they didn't live up to their draft slot, but now they're at the point where they're still. I mean, I know technically Reinhart. newton Hopkins isn't playing second-line center there, but he is putting up second-line center numbers there. So I think those are okay.
1: Well, I don't want to go too deep into Buffalo here, but I'll just finish these out real quick. Number two in 2015 was Eichel. Number eight in 2016 was Alex Nylander, who's not there anymore. Number eight in 2017 was Casey Middlestat. Number Same. one in 2018, Rasmus Dalin. And then this past year, number seven, Dylan Cousins. My point is: even if these individual players aren't bad, you've been picking top 10 pretty much every year, and in a lot of cases, top five, top four, top three, and your team has not as a team, shown any improvement. They've been no better as a team with Jack Eichel, really, than they were before Jack Eichel. Yeah. I mean, the season before Jack Eichel they were actively trying to lose games, and they didn't have to
0: try that hard. No, but they were really trying hard to lose those games. They really so, were. <laughs> again, so you have a couple hits in there, but I guess one of the questions is, is it bad drafting? Is it bad development? I mean, it's something we've talked about with a number of teams. I mean, the one in town in the Coyotes, we've talked about this a lot in their stretch. You know, where does the blame lie? Yes, it's an inexact science to draft, but when you're drafting that high and you're scouting players of that caliber, I have a hard time believing you're missing on all of these guys are you just not doing a good job developing some of them? And maybe there is some talent there that we haven't seen elsewhere. Maybe we'll see with a guy like Alex Nylander, for example. I don't have high expectations, but maybe if he becomes more successful and we start to see a pattern here, if Rasmus Rasmussen's the line and goes somewhere else and all of a sudden looks like he's you know, a top-pairing defenseman, then we have to talk about how Buffalo is developing their prospects.
1: I, I really hope she really gets a job and trades something for the line. Um, are we allowed to ring the bell for Alex Nylander, even though Craig isn't here? <laughs> Jamie just broke the bell.
0: <laughs> I think I threw the bell across the room there, but you shouldn't have been able to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, they heard that in Chicago. Uh, let's get to Toronto. Why not? Every every good hockey podcast begins and ends in Toronto, right? Actually, side note, since you, uh, you brought up the Coyotes, are you more excited? Maybe this
1: should be a poll question. I, I think I know where people would go. Are you more excited about Barrett Hayton or Phil Kessel this year? Barrett Hayton. Me too. I think we're going to be the only two people that say Yes.
0: That. I, I, my feelings on Phil Kessel are well-documented at this point.
1: They are. I, look, I'm very high on Phil Kessel. He's not single-handedly, but the Penguins don't win the Cup in 20... What year was that? 17, 18, 20, time, Luke? The San Jose... Yeah, there's so many Cups, Jamie. They don't win the <sighs> Cup the year they beat San Jose without
0: Phil Kessel, who probably should have won the Conn Smythe. He actually absolutely should have, but... Again, and I want to reiterate this point, I just think it's a mistake to look at Phil Kessel as the savior, or Phil Kessel as the piece that's like, this is going to make them a cup contender, because I don't think he's going to provide the level of scoring that he has provided in Pittsburgh, in Arizona. See, for me, it's not even that, it's just... Or
1: in general. it's it's. I kind of know what you're getting in Kessel, and it's great, but you also gave up something to get him. Anything they get yes. from Barrett Hayton this year is just added and on to last center. year.
0: And he's a center. Does Barrett Hayton... Again, he's not going to be a number one center this year. I don't care what he does. But does he show enough flashes to make you think that this could be your number one center That's of the, the future? That's the if, thing. The, the, the My opinion is, if one of those two players, which one is the most likely to tell you whether or not you can win a cup?
1: Yeah, It's Barrett it's Hayton. Hayton. And it's not close. It's, it's Hayton. And, and again... um, it's not an anti Kessel thing. I think Kessel's gonna be really good. I probably am higher on Kessel than Jamie, but you have to understand they gave up something to get yeah. Kessel too. So you almost have to subtract whatever Galchen not what Galchenyuk produces produces with Pittsburgh, but what he would, what have, he would produced have produced here. In the same situation. But with Hayton, it's just you're just adding that on. And to your point, he's gonna be our first glimpse into what this team's ceiling is. Because I think they're a playoff team this year, or if not, they're right there. But like you said, if Hayton ends up He's not going to he's not going to become this this year. But if he's like this guy, could become a legit number one center in this league. And he was the fifth overall pick, so that's very possible. Um, then you can start having Stanley Cup aspirations a couple years down the line. Like it's legitimate al- Stanley Cup aspirations.
0: It's also what John Chychik's legacy is going to be because it's going to be defined on three players. It's going to be Barrett Hayton, It's going to be Nick Schmaltz, and it's going to be Phil Kessel because that's what the end the Max Domi trade ended up finishing as. Those are going to be the players that define define the John Chica era, and yes, you could say in some sense it's it's Chickwin's contract or it's Dvorak's contract, but I think the the book on Chika is going to be written before those guys are halfway through their contract.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this before. We've detailed it. Like there's a there seems to be more of an old school school group around the NHL, whether it's media or even people within the NHL that have decided Chika has to do. He has to clear a higher bar to get their respect than some other GMs that just keep getting jobs over and over again. Because Tchaik has done a lot of really good stuff that doesn't land on the radar of media outlets in
0: Toronto. You know what I mean? Exactly. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. And again, the reality is, and we've talked about this on the show before, you're kind of auditioning for a new boss. Yeah. So... Just because... I mean, I don't know where Alex Morello sits in terms of his hockey philosophy, whether he's somebody that wants to have his hands in the player ops field, whether I like, he's someone I like that the, the, delegates... So far, he said
1: he doesn't. He, he is obviously emotionally invested, but so far, he has said he's going to let the hockey people do their hockey jobs.
0: Let's let's talk a year from now. Yeah, that's fair. Just again, he's new. He's got a lot of business things he's worrying about. He's got a lot of other things. If this team has a tough stretch at some point, either whether it's this season or next season... I'm curious to see if that's something he maintains.
1: I think he will. but I hope so. But you're right. You have to see it. I hope so. I, I do think he will. But
0: I want to see it. But I also don't know how he feels about John Chayka. And I don't, I don't mean what he says at a press conference. I mean what he actually feels about John Chayka and who the people he talking—who he's talking to feel about John Chayka. Because odds are, if he's talking to other old school hockey people around the league... Percentage chance tells us that they're not going to be super fans of John Chyka. So well,
1: a lot of times, I think they've been ripped off by
0: John Chyka, which is his job. But we'll see if there's if there's results from Barrett Hayden, if if Nick Schmaltz stays healthy and has a lot of results, if Phil Kessel plays well, it then it becomes extremely tough to say, yeah, Chica's messing up, but. If those things don't pan out, Barrett Hayton doesn't look good, let's say. I, I doubt he gets sent back, but maybe he does. I mean, it's in the realm of possibility. It's, it's, not possible, likely. it's possible. It's possible. But either likely.
1: way, he's he's definitely... Or he has
0: a Dylan Strom rookie year or whatever, where he has like 13 points. Or I mean, if that happens... Oh, he's better skater. And Schmaltz hurts. As Schmaltz gets hurt, Phil Castle scores 20 goals. All of a sudden... Traker's on the hot seat. I don't care what anybody says. That, it's not that, fair. That could happen.
1: That could happen. Any. I mean, you could make that case for almost any team. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about John Cooper potentially losing his job a year or two ago, and Tampa goes out there and sets a record for points or almost sets a record for points last year and then does nothing in the playoffs. True,
0: But I just think this is a critical point because the, the concern is if you start making GM changes now, right when you're on the precipice of being a playoff team, you start to wonder if, if they switch the philosophy so far the other way, they're going to take a step back. I don't think they will. We'll see. That, I, get, I, don't that, either, I don't think they will either but it's something that's it, this is this era is going to define john chica and those three players are going to define john chica's run with the coyotes oh, that, one
1: way or the other i would say that's a good thing now you're at a point where what you do this season matters beyond just locally mm-hmm. you know what i mean like nationally people are looking at the coyotes uh let's get to the leafs who still don't have a captain and as you put in the notes you're half of the notes i should note i did half the notes as well um It could be my, quote, man crush, unquote, John Tavares. John Tavares is a future Hall of Famer. You guys are all wrong. And that's interesting, because if they they name a captain in Toronto that isn't
0: Austin Matthews... And is it Mitch Marner? He's still not signed?
1: (laughs) Well, if it's not Mitch Marner, the fans are going to be upset. If it's not Austin Matthews, I think Austin Matthews is going to be upset. I would think Mike Babcock is probably more likely to name John Tavares the captain. I, I
0: would imagine so.
1: Maybe or they this just is don't, why they do don't it. Ha- Yeah, this is probably why they don't have a captain. Too many egos now.
0: I mean, just like we need more things for the Maple Leafs to implode about. Oh, no, it's great. It, it, That's great. It, it's my, my so favorite, favorite thing in hockey. It probably <laughs> should be John Tavares, but I mean, I don't honestly, I don't care. Like it I don't care. It matters to the guys in that room. Yeah. It'll, people in Toronto will pretend it matters to them. I don't care if it actually
1: matter I don't care who Ottawa's captain is. I care who Toronto's is because I think they're the cup favorites. Um but to your point, it's another thing for them to potentially implode and self-destruct over. So, I, so I'm I'm, you're here. For it? I'm here for it. Yeah, I want, I want to see how it happens. Uh the Florida Panthers are retiring Roberto Luongo's number. The Vancouver Canucks have no interest in acknowledging he ever played for them. No. At well, least at this point. Well,
0: I can acknowledge it on their cap. <laughs>
1: That's true. They're acknowledging it in other ways. Remember when the not so public
0: Canucks had Luongo and Corey Schneider, and end up with neither of them. That was yes. fun. Yeah, it was a good move by the uh, the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Um, I was having this conversation with somebody at the football game actually last night. We were trying to figure out, and it was it was interesting because they know hockey and they um, they had a pretty different view on some of the the teams in the Western Conference than I did. So it started with, "Do you think the Coyotes are a playoff team?" And I said, "Yes," and they agreed. But from there, we were trying to figure out like who the worst team is in the West, who the best team is in the West. They were really low on Vancouver as, as far as the worst, and Vancouver has issues. But I, I don't know, Vancouver's got some pretty good players now too.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, when that top line was healthy, when Besser and Pedersen were healthy, yeah. they were a tough team to beat. That can win you games. They're a 500 team.
1: Yeah, that, to me, Vancouver's not one of the worst teams in the West. L.A. is one of
0: yes. the... Although L.A., again, they're not, they're not going to contend for the playoffs, but they could have they could spike with their stars for a month or so and then find themselves in the 80-point range. So who's the worst team in the West? I think it's Anaheim.
1: See, I'm not as low on Anaheim as everybody else I just
0: don't think. I don't think you could possibly get better goaltending from John Gibson than you did. True. And even that got you 80 points.
1: Yeah, but I think you can get better production from almost everybody else. Maybe. Again, I don't think Anaheim's a playoff team.
0: I mean, that blue line's gotten steadily worse over the years. That's true. You don't have Coy Perry there anymore, which again, not like he was a superstar the last few years, but he was a contributor. Could Minnesota be terrible? Yeah, but I I can't see them being 70-point terrible. It might be L.A. I don't think Edmonton's going
1: to be terrible anymore.
0: No, I mean, I, I, to me, it's clearly one of the two Southern California teams.
1: But this was interesting, that this, this individual, their, uh, their comments on Vegas. They don't think Vegas is that good. I think Vegas is I, about I the only Vegas team I trust. Top contender, yeah. yeah. Vegas is the team I trust probably the most in the West yes, right now.
0: They are, actually.
1: And I should say this individual is also very high on Colorado, <laughs> which made me think of you, Jamie.
0: I, again, I'm just going to continue to say, uh, let's let's compare the two rosters from last year and this year and tell me where you see 15 additional points coming from. I just don't see it. I, I don't get it. The one thing
1: I will say slightly in your defense with Colorado is Nathan McKinnon has been borderline top two player. You could make a case Nathan McKinnon over the last two years combined has been the best player in the I, NHL. I would say that. Can you keep
0: asking? You can't ask any more from McKinnon. That's the point I want to keep making because when you look at where you're going to grow, and we talked about this a lot with Edmonton over the years, there's only so much more when you're at that level of play that you can give. You're not going to get more from Mikko Rantanen. You're not going to get more from Nate McKinnon. You don't need more from those guys. They are living up and exceeding massively high expectations. It's just looking throughout their lineup. I I don't like their blue line. If people truly think Andre Burakovsky is like a second liner. And Nazem Kadri's a second liner, and they're going to put up sixty points. Then I get it, but I don't. I don't think Nazem Kadri is going to outscore Nathan Kerfoot that by that much that they gave up in, in that deal.
1: I'm higher on Kadri than you are, but you also have to take into account that he won't be there after Game Three of the playoffs for some sort of suspension. <laughs> yeah. so that that does a that Again, poses a problem.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if Colorado made the playoffs, but I don't think they're a cup contender. And I think if they do, they're going to be making it as a wild card team that gets in in the last week of the season.
1: I will say this. I will be shocked if Colorado misses the playoffs. But I don't understand the Colorado's going to the Cup talk just yet. Other than the fact that they have, in Nathan McKinnon, a guy who you can pretty comfortably pencil in as going to be one of the five best players in the NHL this year. Now, maybe, maybe he's the fifth best this I don't, year.
0: I don't want to play him in the postseason. No, I don't want to play that team, but that doesn't necessarily mean I don't want to play the Oilers in the postseason necessarily with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. But that doesn't mean they're going to go to the Cup.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, There's a story out on Pro Hockey Talk. They were just they they go through each team now at this point of the year, counting down to the season. But this one just happens to stand out to me mainly because I knew I was doing the show with just you today. The title is "Do the Wild Have Short Term Path Back to the Playoffs?" Uh, My initial answer is no, and then I read through some half
0: the league (laughs) contract. (laughs)
1: <laughs> if we break down to a 17-team league, um, here's here's the—I don't want to put whoever wrote this in a difficult situation and say they're saying they definitely are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're but, making an argument. But these are the factors that would have to, to work in their favor. Better health. I mean, always, I'm like, um, sure. It's not like their health was awful last year, but they did point out Matthew Dumba missed games. Uh, Miko Koivu, who—Miko Koivu is a nice player, but at this point in his career, I'm not going to say they yeah, swing if he played.
0: M- Matthew Dumba's health is a
1: big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, Jason Zucker is still there. Yeah. True, he was also there last year. I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, and and now, now he knows you try to trade him. <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> uh, and they added Matt Zuccarello, who. Like Matt Zuccarello, but sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, they do have some young talent on the way. That, I've been I hearing that for years. Yeah. I've been hearing that for years. I like Ryan Donato.
0: I like Ryan Donato, like Erickson Eck, like, I mean, but Whatever.
1: Um, it's not a playoff uh, team. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's We've spent enough time on Minnesota. P- probably. For spent the too year. much time
0: on Minnesota. For,
1: <laughs> I think we're set for the year. Uh, Joe Thornton will be back with the Sharks. Yeah. It's not that, done, but it is. Least
0: surprising news of all time. Makes sense. I mean, Sharks are still, I mean, they have a chance to compete in the West. They're not as good as they were last year, but they still have a chance to compete. That blue line's still really good. Yeah, scores all the offense. Their window's
1: going to close really hard when it closes, but it yeah, hasn't closed but, yet. But
0: you know what? Give them a lot of credit because everyone thought me included their window was going to close like two, two, three years ago. Uh, After that, that last cup that
1: run. run, that year was closing. The window was closing five years ago. Yeah, uh, they, that.
0: they've done a great job of keeping it open. And look, the West is weird. Like, it, like that's the point. There's really no Nashville great team. didn't get better. Winnipeg got worse. Calgary. Could be as good next year, but I need to see that team have some consistency year to year. And plus, they have Milan Lucic now, so that's going to drag them back. (laughs) So they're going to go a
1: little bit slower. I
0: like St. Louis, but I I think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to replicate that kind of run. Dallas, I like, but they're not a top top upper echelon team. Vegas is very good. I think Vegas probably is my pick in the West right now. But it's open. Colorado again. I think Colorado is very vulnerable if they get in.
1: I have no. Really, you don't say. (laughs) You're not that high on Colorado.
0: Arizona's good. Arizona's not a cup team.
1: Like, um, the only reason I would just go down this crazy path for a second. The only reason you could say Arizona would have a shot at just going on a crazy run in the playoffs is because of the goaltending and what you just said. Tending. Yeah, nobody and else and nobody in the else West is, is, is um, the top teams in the West got worse. I mean, you can make a case Vegas even got slightly worse, if anything. But I just I still trust them more than anybody else in the West right now. Yeah, Vegas' blue line is going to be a problem. Like we we need yeah. I, they,
0: they've somehow managed to get over that, but they're getting worse in that spot.
1: I have this recurring nightmare. That Dallas gets into the playoffs and then just sucks the life out of the Western Conference for three rounds and makes the Stanley Cup. It's
0: possible. It's very if possible. If Ben Bishop plays like he's played the last three years, it's very possible. And you've added Pavelski,
1: yes. who steps up in the playoffs. And you still have Sagan and Ben. And they, they always make an addition at the deadline. They shouldn't be as just bland to watch as they are. I mean, Dallas, If uh, Sagan, Ben that should be a fun team to watch. Heiskanen, they should be a
0: fun team. That's the thing that gets interesting to me is does that Sagan Ben pairing go back to playing like they did two or three years ago when those guys were both like ninety point guys and yeah. they were really exciting. Yeah, keep them both if they the do, ice. then they could be more exciting. But yeah. they ha- I don't know. Jamie Ben's a f- fascinating player. He's the sort he's of guy. All over the place. Yeah, he's he, always good. Yeah, Spike's greatness. But he's kind of just all over the place.
1: He does. He does strike me, and I don't have any like statistical evidence to back this up. But he does sort of strike me as the sort of player that when it's gone for him, it'll he'll drop completely off a cliff. Probably. Not that that's going to happen anytime soon, but it's just going to be going along like yeah, Jamie Benn, seventy points, eighty points, seventy points, fifteen. Like he's just going to be. Well, I mean, l- gone.
0: I mean, let's let's talk about his season. So we've got the from 14 thirteen fourteen. You've got thirty four goals and seventy nine points. Okay. Then his Art Ross winning eighty seven point season. Well,
1: Pulled that off just the right time.
0: Eighty nine points then drops down to 69 points. Then up to 79 points. Last year was 53. Yeah. Lower skull total sent. Yeah, I mean.
1: How many games did he play last year?
0: 78. Yeah. He's only missed five games. No, I uh, no I said five, six. Seven. He's missed nine games. He's missed 10 games since 2013. He, the number So he's out. always on there. So every every number I just read you, his point total, his total combined games missed in those six seasons is 10 total games combined.
1: So that's good durability, but 53 points in today's NHL
0: 27 it's to 53 much. is not not going to get it done. Not not so, so much. what what what's the deal here? Cuz if he Find spikes out. again and has another 40 goal 90 point season,
1: which he could. He easily could.
0: He does it and he does this. He does this. I mean, look, he went 34 goals, 35 goals, 41 goals, then 26, 36, 27. Yeah. Does he spike again? Then At that, that point, that first line gets very interesting.
1: Uh with Winnipeg, Kyle Connor, it's, it's all none of these RFAs are signing. And again, rookie camp starts in 3 weeks. Where is any money? Uh, Kyle Connor's is an interesting one to me with the Jets because it it sort of came out. It's not like any shock, but it came out in the last week that he wants he's looking for a longer term deal with the Jets. But what's weird about it with the Jets is if he holds out, they don't really have a full team. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, we're going to have to go the first ten games without Kyle Connor, but he's the RFA, so we're gonna you know we'll eventually we have all the leverage here. They don't have enough players signed to play hockey this year.
0: No, and you don't want to start. T- Eating up contract space, not yeah. just cap space, just number of contracts, but what are they have like 17 guys on a contract right now? It's very, it's very strange.
1: They have seven forwards right now that are on like one way deals that are locked into being on the jets yeah. this year. They have seven forwards signed. You need more than seven.
0: I mean, ideally, yeah, you probably want more than <laughs> you want more
1: than seven. So you can pull up guys from the minors, or you can go out and sign guys during training camp that are just floating around, but to your point, then you're eating up like roster spots and you still have to get
0: Line A and Kyle Connor signed. So you know I've been a big proponent of the Jets over the last few years. I feel like it's waning now. If you told me I have to pick a team that not a, not a team from the wildcard space, but a team that, in the entire NHL, that was in top three in their division. Okay. That has the best chance of bottoming out, <sighs> finishing in 10th, let's say. It's Winnipeg. I can't. I can't do that. Look at that blue line right now. Again, I'm not, I'm not predicting that. Yeah. I still think they're a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I think Liony's going to sign and Connor's going to sign.
1: Top but, three team from last year that could bottom out. I would say mm-hmm. the Islanders.
0: Okay. Fair, but of the teams that we don't think about like that because nobody believes in the Islanders. Okay. So, right, yeah, so got, I mean,
1: we got a tweet from somebody today that said nobody wants to talk about the Islanders. Yeah, so like we nobody won't.
0: believes in the So, I, I keep forgetting that. Like, I got to kind of, I've already blocked them out of, of the playoff team talk. It's Winnipeg. Like, that blue line is scary. Yes, you have Josh Morrissey, who I love. Dustin Bufflin has not been a pillar of health lately. And yeah. then you're going to Dmitri Kulikov, like Nathan Boyou, Tucker Pullman, Pionk, Tucker Pullman. I mean, Niku, like if Connor Helleback has an off season, all of a sudden this is like an eighty nine point team and, and you're just you're sitting here wondering what the heck happened in Winnipeg and how their window closed so quickly. We
1: agree Tucker Pullman sounds like an aquatics company. They have like a van that drives around. Yeah, um, it's tough for me to see them bottoming out when you still have Shifley on the roster and Wheeler and and even We've a team
0: with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Well, yeah, and uh, I didn't finish Ryan Nugent sentence yet. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah that, bottom
1: out. That's that's the thing. I mean, they don't have Line A or Connor signed. I like Line A. He's fun to watch. He doesn't play any defense. No, he's Ovechkin light. Yeah, but he doesn't score quite like a. That, and that's yet. the difference. So like, he can score forty. Ovechkin can score sixty. They this is this is Winnipeg's path to bottoming
0: out, like you
1: said. Hellebuck doesn't; he's just average. Has an average season, and Shifley's
0: hurt. Shifley's well, I don't even know Shifley has to get hurt. It, it, let's play this scenario here: Patrick Laine scores twenty five goals. Okay, okay. Dustin Bufflin misses half the season. Okay. Connor Hellebuck has is the eighteenth to twentieth best starting goalie in the NHL. The, all of these that, things are possible. Those things happen. That's low
1: for Laine. They could miss. Yeah.
0: They could miss the playoffs. What did Laine get last year?
1: Uh, it wasn't great last year. I mean, he he disappeared for months at a time. I remember he had you one... 30 last
0: year? He, yeah, he ended up getting 30 last year. Again, I don't think he's going to... I mean, I think he's going to be closer to 40 than I think he's going to be to 25. I think he's probably going closer to 40 than he is to 30, but, but... At some point, you do need to get these guys signed. Yes. Yes, it would be ideal if you did, yeah.
1: Um, I just don't see Shifley allowing that team to bottom out, but like you said... Conor McDavid isn't really allowing Edmonton to bottom out. They've just been bottoming out.
0: Look, that first line is going to be stupid, productive, period. I mean, Wheeler is as consistent as they come. Shifley is one of the best players in the league. Line A should be back up there points-wise. They, they have a strong second line, too. Again, there's just there's room for one or two key injuries to that team. And again, not that Halepad bottoms out. Just has an average—that's the 20th best starter in the league season— they could miss the playoffs. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that team is on a lot more shaky ground than I think people are giving them credit for.
1: I don't disagree with you. I think my pick, though, in the West would still be Vegas over Winnipeg right now. But Winnipeg has probably the biggest range of any team in the NHL this year. I'll give you that. Because yeah. Winnipeg could find a way to go on a run in the Western Conference. But man, the defense is shaky. They need to be out there looking for... Something better than Rasmus Ristelainen, but I mean, they need to add some defense. Yes, um, they do. Jake Gardner's still not signed, right? I mean, they can't sign him, but I'm just, he hasn't signed. Is he yeah, going to play? This year? Year?
0: If, if he shot right handed, he would have been signed a month ago.
1: Uh, no one can tell me otherwise. Eddie Lack will be coaching yes, at ASU. Yes, at ASU, this
0: Yes, I, I, ASU Hockey's really fun program they, they, to kind of watch yeah. build now. It's They're, really fun. They
1: ha- much like the, college, the football team, they have like these professional connections now. Mm-hmm. like the, I mean, the the ASU football has a ton of connections to the NFL. Yeah. And it's not like the hockey program is at that level, but you've got Mario Lemieux's kid playing there. You've got Shane Doan's kid's mm-hmm. going to be playing there. You've got Eddie Lack, who obviously knows a thing or two about goaltending. It's going to be coaching there. You look
0: for competitive advantages. And look, ASU is never going to be what these... You know, 100, 200-year-old universities are going to be at that program. They're not going to beat them at that game. You're not going to be BU or BC. But it's not have going to happen. They don't have to. You, you, but instead of trying to be like them and failing, be different than them and succeed. And that's what they're trying to do. Sell. Look at our professional connections. Look at our environment. Look at what we're trying to build. You sounded like a life coach. just like, <laughs> Don't be like Believe them. Believe in yourself. Be different and succeed. Well, because... Th- in, in life or in business, there's three things you can do when you're competing. You oh, can boy. either go right at somebody and do exactly the same things they do and try to be better than them. A lot of times you can't do that. Those are established brands. Now you're just starting to sound like
1: Herm now,
0: The second thing you can do is be different than them <laughs> Yes. and say, okay, let's be su- successful our own way. Or you could just be less than and just be okay with, okay, well, we're just never going to be as good as them. Oh, wait. So
1: let's, let's, let's put NHL teams to these analogies. So go right at them and be better than them. Who would that be? We have to establish, I guess, who them is.
0: Yeah, what would them be?
1: Um, so let's say, let's say them is St. Louis, who won the Cup last year. Okay. So who's going right at St. Louis and going to be better I don't know than if this the
0: analogy is going to work the way it's you not, want It's not, because it there's a lot of so let, we're talking about something new coming in. It's like some, so,
1: so let's skip that one. Let's I guess just, it
0: would be Seattle team-building methods. Like that would be the best.
1: Let's uh, Here, let's throw the first one out. Let's go with your second one. Who's going to try and win the Cup by being different? That I think we could find. There's That's some an interesting one. There are some um, teams doing that. And then by the my favorite one is to just be less than that's um, that's Ottawa. <laughs> They've got that market cornered. Uh, yeah, who's trying to win the Cup by being a little bit different than what everybody else has? I just I don't know who that team would be. They don't even have to be a team that's going to win the Cup. I'm just trying to figure out who. Like I feel like New Jersey is kind of trying to do things I mean, a it's little Carol- bit differently. Carolina? Maybe Carolina? Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
0: uh, you know, of just let's throw literally everything at the net and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, teams are about possession, but I think Carolina is really doing the like, what would the guy five years ago say you should probably try for Corsi? Just throw everything at the net and see what happens. Like a misunderstanding of what the analytics were saying. (laughs) They really,
1: they really look like they really, really, really read up on analytics, but didn't quite get the full. They read up the
0: 101 and never went to the next class and
1: said, no, I'm an expert. But they were all in on that 101. Like they're the person that takes a psych 101 class and then diagnoses all their friends basically every time there's a conversation. That's
0: Carolina. I mean Vancouver by just signing bad defensemen. Let's see if we can just sign big bad players. Yeah, and not well. big and bad like, like you know, tough. Not, no, not big and bad way. like just not good.
1: Big and then also bad at hockey.
0: Big big comma bad.
1: Uh, how about Corey Promen on the Athletic? His um, it, it, he went through and ranked the prospect systems in the NHL. And I believe this it's is an ongoing series, but he's got like the bottom eight, I believe. Well, right you now. wrote bottom eight, but there's definitely 10. But who cares about counting? Oh, there's them. two
0: more now. Yeah. Well, because there's two more since I said. Oh, look at that. Minnesota and Tampa have joined the list since we last talked.
1: Um, I, as, as you've said in the past, like, I mean, if it's a subscription-based article, we're not going to read all the teams no. that are on there. But, but I think a
0: couple things of note. If one, the Coyotes are not in the bottom 10, which yeah. surprised both of us. I. I I'm surprised.
1: I wouldn't say it surprises me, but if You literally go- said
0: before the show it surprised you. No,
1: no. Those are the words out of your mouth. Hold on. I'm saying that I will be surprised if they're not 21, because that was when we looked at this before the show. Yeah. So they still haven't done 21 yet. Okay. If we get to that point, I'm assuming they've only moved up because of Soderstrom, right? If you had done this a year ago, they would not be, they would yeah. be in the bottom 10. Yeah. And- I mean, And
0: maybe, again, maybe Hayton. I mean, you see some of these teams when they graduate, you know, these teams below them graduate prospects or move guys.
1: They're going to be in the bottom ten next year too. Is what I'm I saying. would be
0: shocked if they're not because. Right?
1: Beca- and this is why. This is why my opinion has changed a little bit since before we did the show. When I first saw this, I'm I'm looking at everything with the Coyotes, assuming Hayton's on the roster. Proman made this list with Hayton as uh, as a, he absolutely so where
0: Hayton is the number one as it should be. Technically, yeah, he hasn't made the roster hasn't. yet.
1: So, but even with Hayton and Soderstrom, I have to think the Coyotes are going to be like twentieth or twenty first on this list.
0: Yeah, I can't. I mean, look, um, what's their next best prospect after Nick Merkley?
1: Maybe, maybe Prosvatov, maybe Prasvatov, I mean, maybe Nate Schnarr. I mean, it depends how you feel about some of these yeah. guys. Um, I was also shocked that Pittsburgh is only 28th and not 31st, as they have neglected to draft players in the last five years. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, who needs players?
1: I, I don't remember where all these prospects went. I'm starting to think Rutherford has traded them away for,
0: like, oranges. Because I don't remember players it's coming back in it. trades. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> No, they'll trade all their prospects for that random third-line center that they don't need because they get swept out of the first round. Like mm-hmm. that, That's the kind of stuff that they've been doing. Where's but my we, duck? But,
1: I, I don't know. Where is your duck, Luke? I know where they all are. <laughs> I've, got,
0: <laughs> I've got my ducks, ducks in a row. In a row. Yes. Okay. Right. Glad you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: incidentally, they have the Flames as the worst.
0: Yes, that, I think that's interesting. Which is
1: but, an example, like you said, of them graduating But they've
0: graduated players. a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, or teams that have been really good and have, have kind of moved guys on to keep being good, like Boston and Washington. Washington. Boston has graduated a number of guys, too. I think they. But teams that you maybe should be concerned about, teams that we're talking about in the Western Conference on the way down. And again, we're not going to talk about all these teams, but Nashville and Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Both
1: in the bottom five. Winnipeg, uh, I want to say it was three years ago. It might have been four years ago. The Hockey News had them as the top farm system in the NHL. And... Again, it's not like they've given those guys away. I mean, the Kyle Connors, Nick Ehlers, Patrick, Bine, and Sh- and yeah, they've all graduated. Graduated, but but uh, it's not like they've re- refueled. Yeah. So should we get to listener questions? We have anything else here? Oh, would you want to talk about with uh, fighting?
0: Oh, I just there was an it was an interesting article written on ESPN uh, last month actually about how fighting is down to historic lows and because we've talked about this on the show that we think it's an unnecessary um, aspect of the game. I I, I have not missed it. I have not missed the line brawls. I have not missed the two, three fighting majors per game. Uh, I am very happy with these numbers. And I know there's still some of the old guard that is upset. But I, I like a skill game in all of sports. I like skill over violence, let's just say. I'm not I'm, not, I'm not anti-violence. I'm just anti-dumb violence. Yeah, like I, Every sport's violent. I like hitting. I like hitting in football. I like hitting in hockey. Uh, you know, I like... Let you me know, let me
1: clarify my stance on this. I'm not anti-fighting in hockey as much as some people are, but I I do I would much prefer to watch skill over that. I am anti-spending a roster spot on a guy in your team that just on fights. BJ Crombie, yes, or just John Scott, or I mean I feel like a Tom Wilson reference is coming here shortly. I know he does other stuff, but. It predominantly, you can sit there and try and sell me on Tom Wilson's this amazing hockey player. He is good at other things, but his he is known for head hunting. Yes, there are guys in this league that are known simply for fighting and can't score like Tom or Tom Wilson. I'll give you that. Um, but to me, it's I just think roster spots on NHL teams are so precious, even more so now than they were five, ten years ago. If if you have a guy on your team that is Going to score goals and then step up and fight for one of his teammates when they get cheap shotted by Tom Wilson. I'm all for that player. I think that that place still has a role, but uh, but just
0: signing a guy just because he can fight, yeah. And again, there's still a role for it at times. Like, I look at it like baseball, yes, I still like to see those bench clearing brawls every once in a while, but I don't want to see it,
1: yeah, but (laughs) I don't want to
0: see it once a week. I don't want to see it every game. I don't want to see that stuff. I mean, it it happens again, you're, you're dealing with. A physical sport with athletes and that are hitting each other, things are going to happen. And, and I'm not—I don't think like if somebody gets into a fight in a game, you throw them out of the league. I'm just saying I would much rather see skill and scoring than fighting. And this is from somebody again. I jumped out of my seat when I watched Dan Carcillo one punch Chris Barch all those years ago in that fight. Yeah. Like I—I'm I, I, not going to tell like I haven't enjoyed fighting in hockey at some point. But I'm at the, But we also know a lot more about hand injuries. We also know a lot more about the exposés that have been done about what these enforcers' lives are in the, while they're playing and after they're playing. That's and I the just thing. can't ignore that just because I want to see guys grab their jersey and fake punch each other for a minute and a half.
1: When guys like Daniel Carcillo are now just are retired and talking about how it's affected their real life... Well, and
0: guys like Derek Bugard are dead.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it does make it different when you see... It's just a different feeling watching two players fight on the ice. Yeah. So I, I but I do still think there's a, a, a place for, hey, you just cheap-shotted my, my teammate and the officials didn't see it. And if I don't step in, this is just going to keep escalating and somebody's knees are going to get taken out. It's not going to be a fight, but somebody's going to take out somebody's knees in the corner. So I do think there's still a, a place for that, but you're right. I mean, there's just... It's You just feel different. I think most of us feel different seeing a fight now because it's like, these are people. There's damage being done. We've
0: just learned so much more in the last 10, 15, even five years. It just changed the the narrative around it in all sports. It's not just hockey.
1: No. All right. Let's get to listener questions. There are many as I can. Wow. There's a lot. Okay. Uh, I've read most of these, but I'm just going to go. I believe this is reverse order. I don't know how to read this name. I'm a Raven something something. Over under for this season. I'll just post these to Jamie because I know he wants to answer this. Twenty goals for Soderberg. Under. Thirty goals for Kessel. Under. Okay. Let me add a, a, an addition to this question. If you had to take the over on one of those, which one would it be?
0: <sighs> um, Kessel. Okay. Because I don't. I don't have a questions about Kessel's skill level. Okay. I just have a questions about the situation. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm
0: pretty confident Kessel gets you. I don't think Carl Soderberg is a good player. Twenty. I, got, I just. Seven ish 28 goals. Yeah, I, like, I, I have him somewhere between 25 and 28, assuming oh. he stays healthy, which he always does. And I'm not going to be upset if Phil Kessel comes out of this year with 28 goals. I feel like some people might that, be. That, okay, th- I'm glad you said that, because that's the point I think I'm trying to push on this podcast. That's my agenda. It's is not that, anti-Colorado? That's a different agenda? Well, well, I am trying to push that, but that's different. Okay. It's that a 28-goal, 65-point season is what you should expect from Phil Kessel. Yeah, that's fine. That's going to annoy people. It's it, When those numbers are there at the end of the year, people are going to say, What happened to Phil Kessel? Because people genuinely think he's going to be a 30 goal, 80 point guy. And I think that's a massive mistake to make. I think the expectations for him are going to be higher than what they reasonably should be based on the situation. You're playing with Nick Schmaltz, maybe. Yeah. You're not playing with Evgeny Malkin. No. Um, and then assuming Nick Schmaltz is healthy. Yeah. Maybe you're playing with Hayden at some point in the year. Maybe you're playing with Stepan at some point in the year. I get. I think you're looking at a. 27 28 goal 65 point guy and I would be very thrilled and that's what he that's what he should be able to do for you I just think the expectations are much higher.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if Kessel does go out there and have a 35-goal season. I could see that easier than I could see an 80-point season.
0: I don't know who's passing the puck enough well, to do
1: that. Well, for that to happen, it's, he's got a. Ray the Whitney power, coming back? The power play's got to be clicking. I mean, yeah, but Verbata put up 35. It was a while With ago. With Ray Whitney? Yeah. No, I understand. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. With Kessel, it would have to happen. Kessel's a better player than Vrabata. So it would have to happen uh, via the power play. Uh,
0: let's go... How about you? If you had to pick, did you did you go over? Did you pick your-
1: um, I would say under on Soderberg, and I don't think they brought him in expecting him to score. 20 They gave goals. up nothing, yeah. so that's
0: fine. Like that, they literally gave up nothing. I
1: I could see Kessel hitting thirty. Uh, it would be tough for me to go over because over thirty goals is. I
0: mean, that's that's that's, that's, a, lot. that's a push. I, I think we're looking at a fifteen goal season for Carl Soderberg. By the way,
1: that's fine as long as he helps in other ways. And, and again, they didn't give up anything. They gave for up him. nothing. Uh, hockey fan.
0: Hi, hockey fan.
1: I feel like somewhere a duck named Jackie is ringing a cowbell in Craig's honor. That's probably true. We need to get probably. a picture of Jackie with the cowbell.
0: Yeah, we have a picture of Jackie with that giant bell from Craig's house. That, <laughs> that's that's already we been did, on Twitter. We
1: have that. Uh, unrelated thought, but why hasn't Jackie gotten a Twitter account with a blue check mark yet? That's a very fair
0: question. Why haven't I gotten a Twitter account with a blue check mark? That's
1: the better. question. You're behind Jackie. Let's just say, and there's no shame in that.
0: I mean, I just didn't need you to say that out loud. I knew it and deep down inside. But
1: <laughs> there's um, there's a lot of response to our pizza discussion last week. A okay. lot of Chicago and New York fans going back forth. Yeah, I mean, that, that's forever.
0: Uh, they're both very good. Yeah, they One are. is better, but they're both very good. I want to go to
1: New York and just eat a lot of pizza. So do I. Uh, Chris Fasciana with Calgary losing a D-man injury. Word is they are looking at a trade with all that forward talent. Is there a forward AZ can get for a defenseman? Maybe a Bennett or a Jankowski. They need to sign Kachuk, so teams will have leverage. Uh, none of those points are bad. I would say with Jankowski, I think he only scores against the Coyotes. So <laughs> that's <I> th- true. <laughs> it I feels like it doesn't. It it? Feels, yeah, I mean every game. So there may be it, it's, His his uh, his production may be a little skewed if you're a Coyotes fan. <laughs> Who are you trading if you're Arizona? Like that's,
0: that's the issue. Like then, I like Janikowski's deal. contract is going to be prohibitive for teams like Calgary. Like I don't think they're going to trade for a deal like that with terms still on it. Um, you know, because they're going to have. I mean, they have to sign Matthew Kachuk another RFA that hasn't been signed yet, and they only have seven million in cap space, so they ain't going to tie up three plus million. Or or they're gonna play I think the three plus million that would be the difference between those type of contracts between Goligoski and like a Jankowski of the world. Yeah. Uh, I I just can't see I don't see a fit there.
1: I, I for me and I know we've talked about Coyotes potentially trading defensemen for a few years now because they've they've been building that part of their system up or that team. Um You know, if I get a really good offer from a team, then obviously I'll listen, but I I like the idea of going into the season with OEL, Goligosky, Jalmerson, Chikrin, Demers, Osterley, and Labushkin as your seven defensemen, with the knowledge that Soderstrom might be here as soon as next year, and that you've got a Capabianco or a couple other guys in the AHL you you could call up. Not that that is like a Stanley Cup blue line yet, but it's a pretty solid should-get-you-to-the-playoffs blue line, so I don't I don't really want to mess with that because, again, I see the Coyotes making the playoffs based on their defense and goaltending. So I don't want to mess with the defense and goaltending unless I absolutely
0: have to. Look, I, I'm fine with moving on from Alex Goligoski at this point. I just don't think you're well, going to find a good your point,
1: point. You're not going to, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, at that point, though, you would have to replace him on the blue line, too.
0: I think I would replace him. I'd figure it out.
1: Okay. Well,
0: if- I'd rather spend five and a half million on Jake Gardner than Goligoski. Okay. But, but again, different Golgossi can not play the right side and that's probably where he's going to play this year so there's a lot of stuff to that but I I can't see a team that is already anywhere near the cap with an RFA out there that's going to want to make that switch
1: Uh, we did tweet out a potential shirt design we did. We, and, it, and I understand it was not nonlinear progression. I, it was kind of a busy week. But, uh, but I, I'll work on nonlinear progression. But uh, so if you want to see where's your duck, it's on our site. And as Victor wrote back, why does the duck have to have Jamie's hair? Which is hilarious it's, because it's, it's, it's a helmet. It's a
0: helmet. But I've got the best flow on the podcast. Let's let's talk. That's, uh, that's well, we haven't
1: seen Craig in a while and he's in Jamaica. So it's who true. knows? Um, yeah, when he
0: comes back, it's going to be interesting.
1: Uh, that's, wouldn't it be great if he came back with like dreadlocks or something?
0: Great's not the word I would use, but it would be something. (laughs) Um,
1: Nathan Dog McKinnon. This is for you, Jamie.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it is.
1: Since Jamie gets to torch my Colorado Avalanche without any rebuttal, can I please come on to correct Jamie as to why the Colorado Avalanche will win the Western Conference? Um, Nathan, assuming that is your real name, and I don't think it is, uh, you are more than welcome to tweet in your rebuttal, and I will read it at Jamie in a condescending tone. I don't know that we can fit listeners on the podcast at this time. But I will certainly read your tweets, especially if they are directed in a negative way at Jamie.
0: He definitely will. Yes. Just DM Luke.
1: I, that's true. Just send me your book and I'll read the whole yeah, thing. Yes, so send
0: the, the diatribe to Luke.
1: Uh, this is an interesting one from Coach East Jack, and I almost feel like we may answer this next week. But the question is, how would you break down the teams if the NHL went to an eight division with four teams in each division format? Would you have Arizona, Vegas, LA, and Anaheim, or would you keep all the California teams together? So I maybe just talk
0: about that corner. Th-
1: yeah, let's just talk about that what the Coyotes division would be. I would. <laughs> there were two options. And
0: you said I would. <laughs> no. Uh no, I I would I would keep Vegas, Arizona, Anaheim, LA in one division. Yeah, I think I would too. I would put San Jose up there with Vancouver and Seattle. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if
1: we're going to eight, so that that's how I would do it.
0: And I think you kind of almost stuck putting like who do you? I mean, the fourth team up there is going to that's problem. It might have to be Colorado. Yeah, I don't don't think you want to break up Calgary. Don't want to break up Calgary. But you do Calgary Edmonton Winnipeg Minnesota maybe.
1: I mean, could you maybe go? Could you go Calgary Edmonton Seattle Vancouver? You could, and then go San Jose L A Anaheim Arizona. And then go Vegas, Vegas Colorado, Colorado, Colorado,
0: Minnesota, like
1: Dallas, probably Dallas. Yeah, I mean,
0: one of those. One of the divisions has to be funky. Yeah. No matter what. You can make two of those three really good, but one of them has to be... One of them's going to have to be a little funky.
1: So I, we should work on that for next we week. We should. Um, and there's a 50% chance
0: we will. But yes, I, I do think Arizona playing the Southern California teams in Vegas make the most sense. I, to me, that makes more sense than San Jose playing the Southern California teams, if I can only choose one of them.
1: Yeah, that's... San Jose fans and L.A. fans do hate each other, though. That's nice. Which is, it is nice. It's, it's nice to have that hate in the league. But the problem is, I don't want to break up Edmonton and Calgary at any cost.
0: No, I don't really see a reason to. No. So. Um, all right,
1: Jamie, you make uh, sounds while I try to read through these. Just make sounds. Rose writes in, why did you name your duck? jackie and what are his friends names well that's a good question rose and i'm glad you asked do
0: we not explain that on the show i guess maybe
1: we didn't explain why his name is jackie we have not named his friends yet i think and you can tweet in if you disagree with this or jamie you can jump in if you disagree with it craig you can't do anything because you're on an airplane right now yeah um i think i'm gonna let his friends names and right now it's two other ducks and a couple other penguins I'm going to let them be named and organically. The penguins
0: cohabitate, don't they, in, in an igloo in or something? In a tiny igloo, yes. Yeah, okay. um,
1: somebody took one of the penguins from me, but I still have two. I, it's a how, long story. How, how did you lose a penguin? They were there when I opened the package and they took one of the penguins. So one of the penguins is on his own. He will eventually, I'm sure, be reunited with the other two penguins. Um, a I, lot of
0: questions, but we'll, we'll move on.
1: I think we will name them organically throughout the year.
0: Yeah, it has to feel natural.
1: Na- but, just natural anger.
0: But we should explain. This is weird.
1: Jackie. That person who took the penguin just texted me. Really? Yes.
0: Interesting. Is is this penguin being held hostage?
1: I don't know. The penguin was. Do taken- we have to trade
0: you for the penguin? Because I'd do it.
1: You you always have my back, Jamie. I
0: <laughs> appreciate
1: that. Tell them yes, whatever. They want. I am wondering if they can like hear this somehow. Um, but Jackie is named Jackie in honor of Jack Johnson. Yes. Now let me say a couple of things about Jack Johnson. Okay. Jack Johnson has had. A rough career, in some ways, pertaining to to things that aren't his fault. I don't root against Jack Johnson. I did not root against Jack Johnson before he was a Penguin, and certainly now that he's on the Penguins, I really want Jack Johnson to figure it out. I root for the guy as a person, and at a time there was a time a few years ago. I think he was a decent player, but to me, he is this just this perfect personification of that moment where Jim Rutherford decided, "I've won cups." I don't care anymore. Yep. I'm doing things my way, and I'm going to be obstinate about it. Not like, hey, I'm doing this, and, and everybody reacts in the moment and says, hey, I think you messed up. And he's like, hey, you know what I did? I'm going to learn from it. It's, nope, I'm...
0: I've been right all along. Yep. <laughs> this is all You're part all of my wrong. plan.
1: <laughs> so that's why the duck is named Jackie. Yes. Aside from the fact that Jackie is a good name for a duck. Really is. Yeah. So I think that answers that question. But we do have two other ducks and two other penguins to name. Uh, Desert Doggies ninety six. That is your. Re- oh wait, no, we've done that gimmick already. Yeah. Which total is higher? Have you seen this yet? I don't. Okay, think so. here you go. Ready? You're going to just rapid reaction. Okay. Goals. Schmaltz or Keller. Keller. Schmaltz. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Goals. I, I, I have
0: a big. I have a big Keller bounce back here.
1: Goals, though. Yes. Okay. Uh, assists. Oel or Step on. Oel. Oel. Okay. Hits. Kraus or all of the other forwards combined.
0: <laughs> all of the other forwards combined. <laughs> but that's forwards a good question. <laughs>
1: Bonus round, mm. which happens first, a Luke retweet or a Labushkin goal?
0: Labushkin goal.
1: I mean, I could control this. I could end it right now you with could, a retweet. You could, but you won't. I almost retweeted this and and responded Labushkin goal, just to confuse Not everybody. No, but you would have quote the thing. tweeted it,
0: which wouldn't have counted. And,
1: and that's when Craig would have been like, just because it says retweet when you click retweet, that doesn't count because you quote tweeted. So Correct. I didn't do it. And really, it's all Craig's fault.
0: Um, I'm also more confident Keller stays healthy.
1: Then Schmaltz. Yeah, I just think of Schmaltz as more Keller of a will goal literally scorer.
0: do nothing that will get be physical, so it's fine. <laughs> that is that is true. I'm he's, only half joking about <laughs> that. I'm actually not even half joking about that. <laughs> it doesn't dead look like about it. that.
1: Uh, imagine the garbage pail kids button out of space. When the Oilers struggle out of the gate, how mm. long will it take until the Canadian media puts tip on hot seat lists?
0: Halloween. <laughs> okay, that's
1: that's not very long. That's like and they'll, they'll use 10 some the
0: way to use like scary or trick or treat or something in one of their headlines. Yeah. Okay.
1: Tip or treat? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um
0: S- like spooky holiday
1: or something. I don't know. It'd be weird. This is the question that Jamie has been
0: waiting to answer. Oh, I'm so excited about this.
1: Uh actually there's two. Well, there's, a- two. there's two. Let's get let's hold those for just a second. Okay. Los Coyote Steve, any truth to Simmons' uh report that Arizona was interested in Marlowe? Not not now, but I do believe. Yeah,
0: I believe they were. Craig talked about this extensively. Yeah. Um they they were. If they could have, they were among the teams interested. If they were going to get a young forward back, and obviously this was all pre uh, pre
1: Ottawa bailing Toronto correct. out and Carolina bailing Toronto yeah. out.
0: Um, but I don't think there was. It was more of they wanted whatever piece was coming with Marlowe Yeah, it was Cap in or
1: we talked about that here on the show. Yeah. Um, Marlow would have had value to the Coyotes, sure, but, but that's not who they he were wasn't the to. target. Yeah. He
0: was the guy that you had to take to get the guy that you were not targeting.
1: Yeah, but some teams I don't think Marlow would have much value. He uh, he. He would have had value the trade the I would have done. Uh, Adam, it's pretty apparent that the goal for this year's playoffs, I'm assuming this is for the Coyotes, and that's a great goal considering this team's playoff drought. What type of moves need to be made over the next few years, though, in order to be a legit Stanley Cup contender, as per Morello's and many of our wishes? How do you fit all that in 280 characters? It's, it's not.
0: Um, it, so this is a complicated question, but I like it. Um, I think part of it's going to depend on what they do this year. And what I mean by that is I need to see how far along Baird Hayton is because I think that is the biggest cog in this wheel of trying to get back to the Stanley Cup. Back we're, to getting to the Stanley we're Cup. We're going
1: to revisit our question from like a month ago where you and I disagreed. What did I say? Well, just...
0: Oh, trust me. I, I've said plenty of stupid stuff. I'm no, not no, be no. surprised.
1: For, okay, for the Coyotes to be a legit Stanley Cup contender, they need a... Either a number one center or to establish they have three number two centers, in my mind.
0: I yes, believe. but I think a number one center would obviously be the best path, just given what history has told yes. us. So, yes. But again, to be clear, I don't consider a number one center a weakness for this team. I just consider it a need. It's, it's a weakness if you're talking about can they win the cup. It's not a weakness yes. if you're talking about this year being a playoff contender. Okay. It's a weakness if you're talking about winning a cup. Yeah. Um, so, can Barrett Hayton be that player? I don't know. I doubt he's going to be a. Elite number 1 center. I don't even think he's... I don't know if he has that upside, but can he be... With his defensive game, can he kind of be... Jonathan Taves. I can think he be Ryan O'Reilly? For. Yeah. I R- mean, O'Reilly, can he be that, Bergeron, that kind of Taves. level where you can win... With a player at that, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be Patrice Bergeron because I don't know anybody plays defense like Patrice no. Bergeron. But can he be at that level where you're not getting a hundred points, but you can still be a true number one center that can win a cup?
1: And and look, Bergeron again, Bergeron Taves are both Hall of Famers, yes. and Ryan O'Reilly just won a cup. All three of those guys have won cups. Yes. So I think I just to be clear with people, that's what you're looking for with Barrett Hayton. You are not looking for Austin Matthews yeah, or not, no. he's not that, he's, he's not that style. He's, not, he's yeah. not
0: McDavid. He's not Austin Matthews. He's not Nate McKinnon. But, I don't even think he's Mark Scheifele. But he has shown. Shifley's interesting. If he could be a Shifley, that would be interesting. I still think points wise he's yeah. Shifley.
1: But he is he is showing more offense over the last year.
0: Yes, and we'll see and we'll see if that continues. That's asking a lot. I mean, we're asking him to be one of the, you know, 30 best players in hockey at some point. And at to be clear, point. yeah, we're not asking him to at do it this year or point. next year. Yes. Um but that will be the big thing I look at. I also need to see does Oliver ekman Larson take the next step into superstardom. We've been waiting. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I think he's got an unfair rap for the most part nationally, where I feel like Uh, Maybe not national. maybe locally more so than nationally. I would almost say more locally, yeah. Got an unfair rap. But he's not a superstar yet. He hasn't taken that next step. He has the skill to do it. He has to do that. So I think looking at those two things, those are the biggest factors for me. Otherwise, yes, you do need more scoring on the wing. You need people that are going to put 30-plus goals in the back of the net. Especially nowadays. Yeah. It used to be you were trying to find 20, 20, 25 goal scorers. Now you have to find 30 plus goal scorers with your players. And if you don't have, can Nick Schmaltz be that number two center? Can Christian Dvorak be number three? Because if, your path is going Hayton, Schmaltz, Dvorak if they all fill in into those roles. And right now, We don't know any of them can. They should be able to, but they haven't done it yet. That's going to be the key, because you can fill in scores around them. You can trade pieces, but you basically need to see those step-ups, and you need to see Oliver ekman Larson be that cornerstone on your defense.
1: I would say this. With the way the Western Conference is constructed right now and the way the Coyotes are constructed right now, I think the defense and goaltending is enough... It's not. This is not the best defense in the NHL. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying Ranta is whoever you consider to to be the best goalie. But I think the defense and goaltending is enough that you could contend for a cup. But you would need to add a number one center and another goal scoring winger. I think you could. You. I think you're a playoff team right now. I think if you added a number one center and a goal scoring winger, you are a
0: playoff team that could win three rounds in a row. Yes. Um. Here's the problem. Even as good as they are. Vegas can come in and blow your doors off. Calgary can come in and blow your doors off. Half the teams in the East can come in and blow your doors off. That's the only concern: is that you you can you when a team puts up three goals on you, can you win those games? Yeah. And, and that, right now, I'm not confident that Arizona can win those games consistently in the postseason. But
1: I will say this: watching the playoffs last year. There were teams I watched and I'm like, the Coyotes couldn't beat this team in a seven-game series right now. But there were teams where I was like, and not just Pittsburgh. There were teams I was Pittsburgh,
0: like... Pittsburgh and New York and Carolina. Yeah, but, there
1: there were teams where I'm like, yeah, the Coyotes, the Coyotes could win a series against this team. I think the Coyotes could have beat Nashville in a series. I mean, there was probably...
0: But it's Nashville. But that's the thing. That's a team that can't score.
1: It's a style that... The question yeah. is, is
0: Arizona, like Arizona, I think, is a more fundamentally sound team on the back end and in the middle than... Not in the middle of the ice, but like just back end from defense goaltending on, yeah. than Colorado is. Yes. But Colorado's but going to Colorado. come in and put up six goals on you, and you, can, and you can't respond. Yeah. That's the problem. is The Coyotes can't score their way out of a bad night. Where Colorado can have bad defense some nights, or Tampa can have bad defense some nights, or Vegas can have bad defense some nights, and they can score their way out of it. The Coyotes can only win one way right now.
1: It's funny, the teams that score a lot of goals in the East, like Toronto... You would think, like, against Toronto, the Coy- what are the Coyotes going to do? The Coyotes always seem to beat Toronto for some reason. And Tampa, in a playoff series against Tampa, I'm at the point where I'll <laughs> take the other team every single time.
0: Except if the Coyotes ever play Tampa in a series, that means they've,
1: you know... Met in the Cup. So, or so or they've really
0: gone big on the... The <laughs> Coyotes are not even going to play in the Central. They're going to play in the Metro. They're <laughs> play in the Metro. Uh,
1: Mike, since we've learned that Sidney Crosby's rapper name is Lil Croz, what would your rapper names be? Notorious L-U-K, Young Jamie? First of all, it'd be Young Jummy. And, or Lil Morgax. I don't know which one of those I like I, the most. I feel,
0: I feel like we—I like, want to break the Lil trend. Everything is Lil now. We're running out. We're running out of words. To well, put you'd be Young after. Jummy. Young Jummy would be why UNG.
1: Yes. Okay. Just to be clear, Jamie is referred to as Jummy by me and Craig off the air. Yeah, I don't know. It just
0: happened like a month ago. Because and, or two you ca- months ago? every
1: time you text us, my name comes up as like in your phone. With yeah. autocorrect. So I just kept typing Jummy till now my phone, when I type Jamie, autocorrects to Jummy. And then Craig just started calling you Jummy yeah. because it's a better name, quite
0: honestly. I, I, I mean, you're not wrong.
1: Uh, okay, these last three I want to give proper credit to. Chris Signs okay. sent in a logo for the podcast. It's really good. That I really like. It's really good. I really do like it. Um, uh, My goal was to work on a shirt last week, a shirt this week, and the, the show logo next week. It's a pretty good logo. Yeah. So... And he, uh, he, he went ahead and fixed it a little bit. We retweeted it from our site. It didn't need fixed the first time, but he did point out he moved the goal lights so they looked less like lighthouses because, quote, no one wants to talk about the Islanders, unquote. That's true, true, Chris. That is true. Not only did you give us a logo, you gave us uh, a rule to live by, and we won't forget that. So here's the two questions I think Jamie's going to like. Tim, biggest Yotes fan in Canada here, back again with a question. Here's the names. Brandon Gormley, Brendan Shinneman, I would assume Henrik Samuelson, not Philip. He just said Samuelson. Yeah, Henrik. You have to sign one to Arizona on an eight by eight deal. You have to pick one to score twenty goals in the season, or your family gets blown up, and one has to play for Minnesota. Jamie, <laughs> go!
0: I can't believe Max <laughs> Goncharov didn't make this list. Um, you can play this
1: game with a lot of so different players. So I'm
0: going to do Brendan Shinneman for the twenty goals.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going. Well, hold on. Let me just let me come along with this little okay. journey with you. I th- yeah, I think I feel safest with him with yeah. the 20 goals. There's a chance. Yeah. There's a chance.
0: Um, I think I'm going to put Henrik Samuelson on the wild because he's slow enough to fit on that team. <laughs> okay. And then what are you going to do with Gormley? I guess we're stuck with the 8 by 8 deal for Brandon Gormley um, just based, based on where he was drafted. Yeah, um, that he. Where's I want to see what is Brandon Gormley? Is he still playing hockey somewhere right now?
1: I'm going to say yes, but not in the NHL. Well, and let me finish your thought for you. If you sign Gormley to an eight by eight deal and contracts for defensemen go up for the next few years, you might be able to trade him to whatever team Ciorelli is the GM.
0: to say? Trade him to I, I'm, just, I'm all I'm saying is I'm not saying that I, I could buy him out too. Uh, last year he played. Oh, in the, in he played in Finland and Sweden
1: at the same time. That's difficult. Two
0: two different leagues. Oh,
1: okay. All right. This is Todd in Phoenix. You ready? I am ready. Do you see any parallels between the career arc of Nathan McKinnon and the budding career arc of Clayton Keller? McKinnon's first years were 63 points, 82 games, 52 points, 72 games, 53 and 82, before he became a point-per-game player in year four. Keller so far, 65 and eighty-two, forty-seven and
0: 82. I, I really like this question. Um, That's why because I it. It. It, de- it deals with my brand, which is the nonlinear progression. It really name. does. Um, you should have to design that shirt. The answer is yes and no. Uh, oh, that's good <laughs> even your answer was non-linear progression he's not as talented as as Nate McKinnon um Nate McKinnon was a generational talent from the time he was an early teenager I mean people knew before Connor McDavid I mean the, Connor McDavid wasn't the first player that at 13 everyone's like yeah this guy's gonna be a star um Nate McKinnon was that he had exceptional status in the CHL everybody knew he was gonna be the number one pick in the draft five years out
1: let me throw two other names at you I remember Crosby Cole Harbour. And here's the other one that I remember Jason Spezza being talked about. Jason Spezza.
0: Tavares might have been as well.
1: Maybe, but the only four players I remember like, hey, this kid's 13. He's going to be amazing. Were Spezza, Crosby. I mean, I'm sure it was that way with Gretzky too, but Spezza, Crosby, uh, 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 McKinnon. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. You just weren't born yet.
0: (laughs) uh... Tavares was one of the ones that granted um, exceptional status. Okay,
1: okay. Um, so go ahead with your answer.
0: I, I, I'm actually I'm I'm kind of looking up now. Um, I'll I'll jump in while you're looking. By the way, uh, Aaron Ekbod was another one that got exceptional oh, status in the okay. CHL. and then uh, two players since Sean Day and uh, Joe Veleno, who got drafted this year. Jamie just did the shrug emoji um, as a person. So so in the sense of no, no, I don't I don't think Clayton Keller is a top of the league. Level talent, where I think, like I said, Nate McKinnon is, is the second pick in my draft if I'm starting a franchise right now behind Connor. This
1: McKinnon. is tough to compare these two because he does. Keller doesn't score like McKinnon, and almost nobody has the speed of McKinnon.
0: No, so but in terms of do I do I expect a progression going forward? I do. I, I thought Clayton Keller is obviously extremely talented. There's a reason why he drew the Patrick Kane comparisons. He's not Patrick Kane. I will continue to say that. And by the way, neither is Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner's not Patrick Kane either, but. You get why those comparisons are put there. I expect him to bounce back this year. Marner's not
1: Kane, but I could see him having a a similar career to Kane.
0: I think situation matters a lot. There are a lot of factors with Clayton Keller. One, I, I never saw the laziness in Nate McKinnon's game as I see Clayton Keller's game. Flat out, there's no a better way to describe it. Clayton Keller is a lazy player, at least he's been so far. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't take any skill to put in effort. So I think I'm hoping that's something that improves as the team gets better and as he gets more mature in the league. And as he faced some adversity last year. Maybe the league isn't as easy as he thought it was going to be.
1: It's a big year for Keller because he should bounce back this year for the reason you just said he kind of got showed up last year he started happened. good and then he 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 had the sophomore slump that all players think they're immune to but he really got shut down for stretches last year
0: let's do a cross sport comparison
1: okay jalen ramsey
0: Okay. Had an unbelievable rookie year. This is a bold cross-sport comparison. Uh, just a, a supremely talented quarterback. Yes. Was talking all sorts of garbage in the offseason. season. the Yeah, but like GQing and going... I remember last offseason we were ta- talking about every quarterback and why they suck? Yes. Okay. And you know what? He got his doors blown off yes. for most of last season. Doesn't make him any less of a player, but let's see how he bounces back this year.
1: That's the thing. How do you Let's see back? how Clayton Keller bounces bounce back, back this year.
0: I expect to bounce back, but I need to see the effort... He's going to play around more talent this year. Frocastle being on the team matters. If he plays with Nick Schmaltz, again, RIP defense forever. But it'll help his scoring. I want to see how he plays. So his line mates matter, his attitude matters, and his effort matters. Because if he's going to continue to show the same level of effort as he did the last season and a half of hockey, he is not going to be a successful NHL player. He's going to play in the second line, and he's going to be a what-if player. If he decides that, you know what, I actually want to be a superstar, and I'm going to put in the effort to be a superstar, he has the skill to be a true first-line winger that can make a difference and can lead a team.
1: Playmaking. Playmaking winger. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I, just to go back to the initial question of, it's not... F- Fair. I understand what Todd's question is. He's looking at the career arc, not so much is Keller Nathan McKinnon because as we've talked about on the show, Nathan McKinnon at this point is right there with Crosby as the second best player in the NHL. Yes, um, Cole Harbour has taken over the NHL they with two have. of the top three spots. So he's not ever going to be McKinnon. I'm Cole Harbour. Remember that? <laughs> <from there? laughs> oh, I yeah, I isolated you see that. How that drop. Yes, I do. Um, so the. <laughs> Nate McKinnon Nate i be my I favorite to player to
0: watch in hockey, period. Even Which is it's funny because he's on Colorado. I love Nate McKinnon. It's the ultimate. I've loved Nate McKinnon. Contrast. I, we all joke about my Halifax moose head conversations. I watch that team because Jonathan drew in a little bit, but mostly Nate McKinnon. Yeah. it's. Uh, it, you are an absolute fanboy. Love fan Nate boy. McKinnon. So, but no, he they're not the same type of player they, they don't play the same position, they don't play the same type of game and and, and Clayton Keller doesn't have that upside. Clint Keller's never going to be considered one of the three best players in the entire sport.
1: What I would say with Keller is but he
0: could be a hell of a player.
1: he yeah, that's the thing and, and also I'm trying to think of what Keller at his best is. Keller at his he could be a 90
0: point guy can he not? he's
1: 90s pretty high at maybe peak, it, 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 maybe
0: with full effort and again assuming he's got better teammates around him offensively teammates around him I think he could be a guy that flirts with 90 points 90 points not next year 90 points would mean
1: probably 65 assists yeah I could see that yeah that's
0: not playing first line power 25-65
1: again I don't
0: think he's going to do that playing with Derek Stepon and that's not a knock on Derek Stepan, I love Derek Stepan, but like you need somebody else that's going to be in the seventy plus point range on your line, yeah. particularly particularly at center. And that's the thing. McKinnon
1: has Ranton in and he has Landeskog and And
0: McKinnon can generally plays down the middle and has that speed yeah. and all the other stuff. But you know look, if Nate McKinnon was playing between uh, you know, two third liners, he wouldn't be putting up a hundred points. No. But,
1: but he'd still put up seventy.
0: Yeah. But I mean I think 80. that's the thing where Clayton Keller, if he has a goal score on that line and has a center that's a competent passer, he could at his peak be a 90-point guy.
1: The thing with, uh, with, with McKinnon is he is he really did bounce back. And we're not in Colorado, so we don't know all the ins and outs of what happened to him in his second year. But uh, it, it, it's, the, the biggest thing you said in there is it's how you bounce back. A lot of these guys that are high draft picks never face adversity on the ice uh, coming up through junior or whatever. They get to the NHL, and you're a top-ten pick. Well, you've been the best guy on your team pretty much your whole career up to that point. And then, especially with these two, you go out there and have successful rookie years. And it's like,
0: uh, yeah. Especially the first month, too.
1: Yeah. And so people around the NHL are telling you like, oh, you know what? The league's going to adapt to you. And and Craig even, I mean, Craig Morgan has had this conversation with Clayton Keller before last year. Hey, how are you going to react to the league adapting to you? And as a player, you don't fully appreciate it. Especially if you've already had a good rookie year, until you see what happens in year two, and so the key is how do you bounce back in year three? Does year two offend you to the point where you're where year two is the worst year of your career? I think I think what we saw last year from Keller could be the
0: worst year of his career. I think it needs. To be. I hope it is. Yeah, barring so, injury, I mean you hope it is. Yeah, injury would just be a wash. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, yeah, that I mean year. that's injury is not a fault of a player, but yeah.
1: effort is. So we'll see. We'll see. I. I. He is. He's one of those pieces we just talked about a couple questions ago. How does this team become not just a playoff contender, but a team that can do damage in the playoffs? He's got to be, he's got to be closer to what he was in year one, but also better. Like spread those points out over more than yes, just two or three it, months.
0: If we talk about this, if if Hayton can be at some point, we're not talking about next year, but can be a number one center, even a low end number one center, and Clayton Keller can be a point per game player. Oliver Eckman Larson is playing up to his. Full potential. We could have the Clayton connection. You, add, oh god, you add some scoring on the wings and the middle six, then you're a team that can compete for a cup. Yeah, yeah.
1: So assuming your West. blue
0: line and goaltending doesn't get decimated between
1: but, now and then. I mean the the blue line and goaltending were built up the way they are on purpose by John Chica. It's not like he accidentally. Oh, somehow our blue line began the strength of our team. That's that was very intentional. Uh, It was not intentional for us to go an hour and 12 minutes on show uh, in the middle of August. (laughs) Remember when you told me the show was going to go short? (laughs) Yes, well, it did. This is one of our shorter shows. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for us. I believe Craig Morgan is going to be back next week. I I hope so. Um, So next week's 20. uh, I think we have two more episodes before we start doing previews for the season, I believe. I I believe our first preview is going to be early September. And I will throw this out there for the Swedish fans. Uh, Sebastian Noren? Of Swedish things is going to be in studio in a couple of weeks. Or Even better, in studio. In studio. What, what are you going to call it? Uh, well, I, he's going to be here in early September. I'm going to call it September. That's that's my
0: that's Luke was very proud of himself. Oh, did that I tell you there. that too? Yeah. Oh, I must was, be telling was, everybody. It was literally that. in a text message oh. Oh. to me and Craig. It's it's a good in our group it's, chat.
1: It's pretty brilliant. Um, but Sebastian has specifically said. Start getting your Swedish questions ready now, and they don't have to be about hockey.
0: Do I have to say them in Sweden?
1: Swedish? I would prefer <laughs> say them in not. Sweden. Yes, say them in Sweden, Jamie. <laughs> go to Sweden you go and to call Sweden in. And call in. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the wrong phone number to call in again. Mm. All right, that's going to do it for us for Jamie Eisner, for Jackie the Duck, not for Craig Morgan. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hat Trick Podcast. I'm
0: from Cole Harbor.